the hideout. Hideout. PSP. PSP. Buddies, welcome to the hideout PSP. It is the post-show podcast, and as you can tell, the music is different. And if you have listened to the first one, we've changed up the opening a little bit because uh, I made a little faux pas. As it turns out, they used Marilyn Manson, Antichrist Superstar, as the open for the wrap-up show on the Stern Show. At mm-hmm. least they used to. So as soon as I heard that, because Dubs actually put it together post-show, little post-production, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, uh, you know at some point it's going to get back around that we're ripping Ooh-hoo. someone off. So uh, I said, let's go ahead and change. That just, no, I want to make a point. To say we go out of our way to make sure that even during a, uh, a slip up where we didn't mean to rip someone off and it kind of looks like it, we change that right away. That's what drives me nuts about the majority of broadcasters is that they'll take something and they'll just take it as their own with mm-hmm. no credit. You know what I mean? We really do try to be somewhat uh, responsible. responsible. I, I find and it to be innovative. Re- yeah, I find it to be responsible. If you are going to uh, uh, bring up something you heard on another show. Or, you know, maybe even use something another show used. Credit them. Right. And, and there is plagiarism in radio. I think it, it is as, you know, disgusting as plagiarism in uh, literature and any other form. If you're going to steal from someone or if you're going to use someone else's material, you credit them. I'm, I'm absolutely with you on that. So and we could get into that even longer, more oh, depth yeah. if we wanted to. Uh, people have plagiarized us before, and I don't know why. Well, because we're brilliant. Let's be That's honest. That's true. That's why we're doing Saturday nights and a podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, want to thank everyone for their participation um, in the hideout on WJFK. At some point, when you're listening to this, you should be able to subscribe to the JFK podcasts of the hideout. Mm-hmm. Uh, so look for that on WJFK.com. And we'll also have a link up on hideoutradio.net, mm-hmm. uh, hideoutradio.com as well, and hideoutheretics.net. We'll have it. Uh, all those too. sites will have it for you, and uh, if you search out hard enough, you can find all audio of anything we've ever done. Yeah, what a fucking crazy start to the show, though. We're sitting here getting ready to go from our studios in Tampa, mm-hmm. and and all of a sudden, there's a problem with the, the connection. Yeah, we can hear we, we can hear DC fine. We hear a uh, sideshow uh, saying hello, hello. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? And I've got my mic way up saying hello. Hello, Sideshow, can you hear me? And we're just doing that back and forth, back and forth. We could hear him, they couldn't hear us, and then they could hear us really faint. It was really, really odd. So as it turns out, there was a problem with... uh, How the configuration is on the connection. But we got it straightened out, and there shouldn't be any issue. But that's why they went to Sporting News Radio for about five minutes there. Mm. Because we couldn't figure out the issue. And we had a whole plan of starting out with some sports coming out of, you know, Terrapins football. Just because, you know, you try to flow with... Yeah, you try to have a nice little segue from what you're going out of. And then we'll do the hideout headlines. And it just threw the whole show off as far as what we had planned. Mm -hmm. Which is okay. We're able to roll with the punches. It wasn't completely structured like next. But there were a few actual bits that we didn't get to get to tonight. Including a couple with our parents that we may even do at some point Yeah, we may carry it over next week because I think they're pretty timeless. Yeah, and they could be done uh, at any time. So, Dubs, uh, your thought of the show? Very funny. I thought it was. Uh, I thought it got better from last week, and you know, I think it's conti- going to continue on this upswing. A lot of phone calls, a lot of yeah. interaction. The uh, the instant messengers blowing up. I think once we can get done with Terps football, yeah, and get into, into like that- a nice little uh, consistent shift where we're like, all right, for these two weeks we're going to be on at around eight thirty nine ish, and then next week we don't know when we're going to be on next week. Uh, at the time of recording this, so log on to the websites. You might already know when you're listening to this when we're going to be on Saturday. It may be before the Terrapins game. It might not even be until Sunday. I don't know yet. But we'll get all that figured out for you. Dubs, one of the stories we didn't get a chance to get to was a coach in California exposing his buttocks during a (laughs) football game. Buttocks. Buttocks. It's a fun word. (laughs) Apparently it was a really heated game between a couple of... Did he show the milk dud? That's what I want to know. Did he? Did he? Did he spread cheeks and show that that pink asshole, that pink and brown fucking star? Did he find that thing out there? Uh, it was an intense game between teams of girls under sixteen. It erupted into arguments. He runs out into the center of the field and moons the uh, one of the teams. 
and they're filing indecent exposure charges on the guy. So he's going to get it's, in the tr- it, It's taunting, basically. He's just taunting the other team, doing a little fun whatever. It was probably a bet or something with the teammates, you know, where, hey, if you guys, you know, work really hard at practice or do this, something that he thought was almost impossible, I'll moon the other team. And he had to pay up. And he got in trouble for it. Now, we talked about Andy Reid this week. Are there any normal coaches they're very I, like I remember Coach Hernandez, who was this fat, tubby, kind of looked like Artie Lang, uh, just a real weird, angry guy. I, Coach Binford was a guy that I had before. He was he would inappropriately massage girls. So there've always there's a long-standing history of very uncomfortable coaches. Very few coaches are normal or should even be around kids. Our wrestling coach Coon. He was... Uh, don't be racist. And no, his last name was Kuhn. Um, I don't care. <laughs> change it. At this point, I think, yeah, it would be a good idea for him to change it. But uh, it was very important as a wrestler to shower after you're done wrestling. The mats get dirty, and then like, uh, if they get you know dirty, sweaty, and hot, bacteria can form on them, and you can get stuff like ringworm from the mats. So it's very important if you're a wrestler, you shower immediately after practice so you don't get ringworm. And uh, Kuhn was very pissed because a few kids were afraid to shower in front of people. So he felt he had to monitor the showers. Fair enough. I don't feel like he had to monitor them by standing in the doorway of the shower wearing nothing but a t-shirt. With his twig and berries hanging out from underneath the t-shirt, his hairy butt out the back, and uh, his uh, his follicle shirt saying Wrestling Pride on the front of it. It was uh, probably the most uncomfortably gay situation I've ever been in. And, you, you know, he'd be talking and you've to been you about, in a lot. Yeah, and he'd be talking to you um, about practice and everything, and you're just looking at him eye level like, uh-huh. Yeah. Isn't this the same guy that would start the P-tag with you guys? No, P-tag was one of our football coaches. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, another uncomfortable thing where, you know, he uh, it was our freshman year, freshman football, and uh, guys like, and this kid, it, it, at this point I would call him a kid because he was only probably 21 when he was uh, assistant coaching the team. And he's like, hey, guys, have you started playing P-tag yet? We're like, now what's P-tag? Like, all right. Right now? You're it. And he points to one of the people. You have to uh, pee on someone to tag them to make sure they're it. So when you're in the showers, you know, watch out for this guy because he's going to be trying to pee on you. What the fuck, man? And so that kid would be going in the showers. Everybody would be looking over their shoulder, you know? And if that guy ran in, everybody ran out, except for maybe a couple of kids who had their heads down and had uh, shampoo in their hair. And they'd be looking down, you know, because when you have shampoo in your hair, you're looking down, scrubbing your hair. And they'd see all the suds at their feet. And if they saw a big yellow puddle with those suds, <laughs> they knew they were it. We had this kid, Dunnigan, I'll just call him on the baseball team, that we'd be out at the baseball cages. And our high school is right next door to the middle school. So sometimes the middle school cross-country track team would be jogging around this big complex, essentially that was the middle school and high school together. Mm-hmm. And so when they were jogging by the baseball cages, this guy had a massive cock. I mean, it was like it was twelve inches and thick. And the only reason I know that is longingly almost. The only reason I know that is because this motherfucker always had it out. And if mine was that big, I probably would have too. (laughs) So, but every time the cross country girls would go running by. He'd just whip it out and, like, start waving it at him and like stuff. Like swinging around like a lasso? Yeah, you know you want it. You know you want it. You know what I mean? And it was just – and I think about it. I'm like, dude, you could so get brought up on charges. You know? And he and he was a senior in high school, and these were, you know, 7th and 8th graders. Uh, I never did to a 7th or 8th grader, but uh, when I was a senior with girls my own age, I would um, – I had uh, – like, most of my pants were old and ratty and whatever, um, and – some of the pockets had holes in them. So I'd pop my cock through the hole in the pocket, <laughs> and I'd go, hey, I caught a turtle outside. Take a look at this. And I'd open up my pocket, and they'd look down there, and they couldn't see it, so they'd reach their hand in there, and it'd just be my cock sitting in my pocket, and they'd, ah, oh, and I'd be laughing, ah, oh, ha, ha, you touched my penis. Use that one, kids. 
No. All right, speaking of, during the show, and I, I don't want to harp on it too much, but you revealed to me that you're making out with an 18-year-old at work. There's nothing wrong with that. You don't find that that's she just... She can go con- to Iraq. That is true, but you don't think that that's kind of weird? No, why would I? Because she's 18 and you're 27. That's not weird. And she has a Hot. boyfriend and a kid. An ex, after she got beat up by the boyfriend, she broke up with was it exciting because you're like the boss and she's yeah, a subordinate? There, there was a little bit of that. There was a little bit of, hey, I can get fired even though I already quit and put my two weeks into this place. Yeah, I can get fired if uh, if I get caught with the, the, doing this type of thing. Right. But, you know, yeah, it was, it was fun. <sighs> Are you pissed? Sexy. Were you were you planning on getting some ass on the, would, when you were yeah, supposed to do your next date? Yeah, Monday. Um, I was supposed to go back out with her again, you know, uh, we before she got beat up. <laughs> yeah. We hadn't gone out yet, period. And, uh, yeah, so we're going to go out and I figured, you know, I'll be a really nice guy and I'll get some, uh, stank on the hang. Were you planning on fucking her? Oh yeah. Or at least getting a blowjob yeah, or something? It, it, something. I knew, you know, I mean, shoot, it wasn't like I, I ever pursued this girl. It was all her. So I knew, you know, I, I, my, uh, my semen would be flying somewhere, whether it be in the palm of her hand, down the throat, or on the middle of her back. I don't want it. It was going somewhere. Oh. Have, you ever had, have you ever had a girl just jack your cock off and then put it in her hand for some reason? It's like, that no. could have gone on the ground. You didn't have to catch it. It's not, it's not precious. It's not like it's Atlanta and there and it's water. You don't have to conserve it. I can make much, much more. Oh fuck, man! Uh, this ties into you and your story of the eighteen-year-old hmm. child labor at the Gap. This is not any, any relation to me and my story. Children as young as ten making clothes no. for the Gap in New Delhi, India. Working for 16 hours a day, sold by families to the sweatshop, not allowed to leave until the debt's paid off. Uh, the, gl- the Gap, though, they're, they're glad the media brought uh, this attention to the subcontractor. I'm sure. That's I'm all sure. fucking subcontractors are there for, for corporations to have someone to do the dirty underhand. It shouldn't be like, oh, they were a subcontractor. Yeah, we didn't we know. Didn't know. Yeah, it, it, they are the scapegoat. We don't want to pay a lot of money for this labor. At the same time, we don't want to do anything wrong. Well, we'll hire this, these people who don't have any problem doing stuff wrong because they have their own ways of getting out of it and not getting arrested for it, and we will have a, a, a way to explain our way out of it. it. It's a win-win situation for everybody but those kids in the, in the sweatshop. Yeah, and the same with Iraq, too, where it's the fucking subcontractors, it's the fucking, you know, like, Blackwater, all these motherfuckers that are stealing taxpayers. I don't want my daughter swimming there. <laughs> all these people stealing these taxpayers' dollars. It just fucking us over, man. It drives you insane, but it's all under the guise if it's a subcontractor. Like, if somehow Dog the Bounty Hunter could have had a subcontractor telling his son not to date the N-word. You know what? That wouldn't have gotten him in trouble, you know, if he would have said, hey, I need to I go. I didn't agree with that. I need, the problem is he did it himself. Yeah, I need you to go talk to my son. Here's what I need you to say. Here's $100. You got to outsource your, yeah, your, your racism. Hatred. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you do from now on. Now, isn't it time we bring child labor back to the United States? It Wasn't it a better time in America when children were working? You know, I started working when I was 14. Mm-hmm. You kind of, when when kids work early, even if, you know. When you were 18, were you dating a 27-year-old dude? No, it wasn't. No, because that would be creepy. No, it would have been creepy. I would have dated a 27-year-old chick. I tried to. That's all I ever went after is older chicks. And now I just want uh, some of that young, tight stuff. Dude. And mark I, this as evidence, uh, Exhibit 1A. And I looked for the, the C-section mark, too, to make sure that everything was <laughs> kosher down there. I swear to God, I did. You're such a Because she was wearing kind of a shirt that came up, so I, uh, I moved it up a little bit to see if I could see a scar there to make sure what I'm getting into isn't like fucking a glass of water. So anyway, getting back to yeah, this. what we're talking about. Oh, sweatshops. 
Or uh, kids being young and working and having a little work ethic. I started working when I was 14. I think, uh, you know, I had friends that, you know, tried working, didn't work out for them when they were in high school. And guess what? It didn't work out for them as adults either. They still don't work on a regular basis. You find out what kids are worth a damn and what kids aren't by who can make it at a job. Not that they have to work 40 hours a week as a kid. Yeah, but if they can hold a job, if they can show up on time, if they can do all of that at 14, you know they're going to be responsible adults to be able to do that, you know, in their 20s and 30s. Yeah, no, I get I get what you're saying. I think life would be happier if the person serving me my frosty was a child. I think I would smile more if I had a kid giving me my biggie fries. I leave uh like places like McDonald's, especially the one by our place. And Wendy's sad when I see these old people handing me over because you know they don't want to be there. Some of them do. Some of, I've I've been there where some of them are very happy with their station in life and they they, they enjoy Who? it. Who are the people that could possibly be happy with their fucking lot? Idiots, life? idiots. But they are, there are happy. Are there people that are yes. there and excited about having a gig without at a, doubt. a Burger King? And that is one thing see you know i should probably even feel more sad for those people yeah because no they, they have no they have no dreams really if that if you I are i couldn't imagine going through life without a dream yeah and these people do it every day and they seem to be happy with it maybe dreams bring nothing but heartache no but you know what it is these motherfuckers they have been essentially lulled to sleep they are the fucking masses the sheeple the people who go, they do their fucking drone job. They're excited to go home because maybe they have cable. Maybe they have fucking, they got they bought some shit off the dollar menu. And they get drunk and get high and don't give a fuck about what's going on in this world. And that's why these fucking subcontractors in Iraq can get away with shit and no one's held accountable. They're the undecideds. They're the oh ones my who, God. they're the ones who uh, vote on like just those main taglines. Hey, he's a flip-flopper. I can't vote for him. Yeah. Flip-flopped. Yeah, exactly. Flip flop. Rudy Giuliani, he'll protect us. He'll he, hey, he wears drag. Let's get that one going. You don't want to vote for a drag queen, do you? It's like putting RuPaul up there. Who would you rather have serving you in a fucking fast food joint? A child, a tard, or one of these drones? I don't know. There's something about tard. There's really something about tard doing it. it, it you, you're kind of afraid of what you're about to eat, but nothing makes you smile more than what, with that big wagging tongue. That big Scooby-Doo mouth staring at you like, here, enjoy this burger. No bullshit. I think America would be better off if children were working, like, at the age of 14. Here, uh, and, uh, or working, 12. Working in... For yeah, minimum wage. Working in a, uh area that we hire people in high school, you know, uh, where I work right now, we hire people in high school. It is so difficult to hire high schoolers. As an employer, you can only work them for very short hours. They have to, have to take a break at three and a half hours. They can't work four hours straight. Cannot without taking why a break. Is, why shouldn't that fucking be standard for everybody? It, it shouldn't be. You shouldn't need a break. Every three and a half hours getting a 15 minute break, there's nothing wrong with that. But you, no, we, especially at a job like what we do, we, I allow people to go outside, break, do whatever they need to do. But I have to log this break, and then you know I have to let make them go sit down and do nothing when they've already you know for half the time they've been there half like the hour hour and a half of the last three hours I've let them go out and smoke I've let them and <laughs> probably should say no to that one shouldn't I <laughs> you're 16 you don't need to go out there and smoke kid but uh, <laughs> yeah I'll let them go outside chew bubble gum and uh, <laughs> make out with them no you uh, fucker no there's no 18. Is how old she was, and I'm not going to say it again. She was 18, I swear to God. All right, I'm going to go back and cut out the teen. I'll <laughs> <laughs> just say eight. Um, okay, so those are just a few of the stories we didn't get to. And again, the uh, this is going to continue to grow and evolve the post-show podcast, the Hideout PSP, as we, as we move along, J-Dubs. Especially... Uh, and there are a few things I want to do. Maybe even do a, a next-ish sort of thing with mm-hmm. it once we are in our regular slot from 6 to 9. All right. You know what I mean? Where we're not quite at the end of our day. Uh, I personally have to work 
the following day that this is being recorded. So, you know, I'm kind of in a hurry to get out of here. But we can't skip over this. We had a caller during the WJFK show Mm -hmm. asked about Chunks and Chunks Corolla. For those of you in D.C., you remember him as Corolla. For those of you in Orlando, you remember him as Chunks. He was our radio bottom intern, turned into our executive producer, a fan favorite on the show, and a very good friend of ours, so we thought, until we got let go from Orlando, and we saw him a little bit, and then once we went to New York, the whole, everyone seemed to turn on us. Mm. And I don't know why, but they all really did seem to turn on us. I heard that there was kind of a meeting between all of them, and they decided... All of them who? Uh, Chunks, Tommy, and Matt. Tommy, I asked about this, and he didn't really he he didn't recall this whole meeting thing but matt's the one that kind of told me they all came to a decision that they it would be easier just to you know never speak to us again why because they i guess felt scorned by us somehow one day this will all come out i think at some point yeah of course i understand maybe there are some maybe some odd feelings you know what I mean? Because you and I, as soon as we got let go, bolted from Orlando mm. and move in, and you know live in Tampa now because we didn't want to be in the area because there were too many memories. But it was odd that what is it? Three fifths of the team mm-hmm. didn't want to continue on yeah. with the team. So and then, I, mean, I, I don't know. It was very odd. I can that, understand it. I can. I I but you know me being myself, I would have. Uh, went up to whoever I was working with and saying, hey, this is why I'm not you know, going to continue. Yeah, but it, it really did Thank seem you. like after we went to New York, it got weird when, let's be honest, for, for real, when no one offered well, to here, come up to D.C., the first I, round of test shows. I know they weren't a big fan of us bringing Shafee on for those test shows. Shafee, who is now doing mornings in Atlanta at Project 961 with mm-hmm. Giant Brian, who we also used to work with. Yeah. he w- They were not a fan of that. So I think that was like kind of the first step towards, all right, you know. Did uh, they not see, though, that changes needed to be made? I don't know. There needed to be a shake-up with the show because what was going on in Orlando didn't through, work. through everyone's fault, and I'll take the majority of the credit, did not work the way it should have, at least in Orlando. I still contend... If we had done the Orlando show in D.C., we would have done much better. Mm-hmm. But if we had done what we're doing now or next in Orlando, that would have worked out much better. You know what I mean? For that specific area. But they didn't see that. Like, they didn't look in the The only person who I think is completely not at fault is Chunks. Chunks worked very, very hard. But again, he, as the executive producer, never stepped back and said, Listen, this is not the role for me. I am better as a third mic, in there with you guys, laughing, writing, being a character on the show, as opposed to being an organizational guy, because organization really wasn't his thing, you know? God bless him, he tried. And, he you tried know, because and, Tommy wasn't doing it. And, yeah, I think I don't think he ever had a chance to step back and do that, because he was very overwhelmed. He was. That position was very overwhelming to him, because he was, and I, I put part of the blame on, on WTKS, Real Radio. They knew that this kid couldn't handle it, and they they overloaded him with bullshit. All the time with the sales bullshit, they made him go to all these stupid meetings that nothing came out of, and he was constantly being uh, taken up. His time and our time with him were taken up with bullshit. And part of the problem, too, I know I got annoyed with Bateman. I also understand Bateman, it cost him money to perform that job at Real Radio. Mm. And for that, I feel incredibly bad because he did sacrifice for us. At one point, it seemed like he gave up on the show, mm-hmm. and I think, and that's when we made the transfer to Chunks being the EP, and that was detrimental to the show. And I think it all started with that. I think if people had just been more honest and forthright, I and I think if uh, our team was compensated a little bit more, and we. Honestly, we tried. Oh yeah, I was constantly going up. You got to get our guys more money. You got to get our guys more money. It it wasn't a lack of us trying. It was a lack of Clear Channel 
being able to spend money, and that was even evident with them cutting us before our contracts were up. Exactly. So I understand why Bateman got into the funk that he got into. I just wish that it had all been worked out better, and all of us could have worked out. Matt, Albert, I have a real tough time not saying, fuck that kid, because I allowed him to move in with me. Mm -hmm. I allowed him to leech off of me and my chick. He never got a job. I I thought I would get him I would be able to get him hired on at Real Radio and that never ended up happening. But he never stepped up to be what I thought he could be, the kind of, you know, listener contributor that he was at WJFK. It I mean, there he he showed flashes, but it never ended up really happening. Mm-hmm. And for that motherfucker to be like, fuck you guys. You had him over at your home every Sunday to every watch Sunday the Redskins. Every Sunday watch football, yep. And for him to be like, fuck you guys. So, to recap, extremely disappointed in Matt, because I think that I believed in the kids so much to have him move in and leech off of us. You know? I was willing to do that. And for him to say, fuck you, and for him to call my chick a cunt. Did he? Yeah. When? She asked him to clean up one time. He closes the door, and she hears him call, a, call her a cunt to someone he's talking to on the phone because she asked him to clean because he left that fucking bedroom. There were, like, shit stains on the wall. <laughs> I mean, there was, like, this big brown marks. He ruined the fucking brand-new carpet in there. He fucking ruined his room, man, that was brand-new that my chick fucking redid herself. And, and then he was, in, he was ungrateful when I let him. I gave him 60-day notice, like, dude, you got, you know, you're going to have to leave. You know, you're not really contributing here. We got a whole thing going on. Her parents aren't really excited about you being here and not contributing anything. And every time we'd ask him to do anything, you know, he'd give us a fucking attitude. I'm like, how about a little fucking... Just, he was an ingrate. And I know he was a kid. I mean, he was a really a big child. But for, And hopefully one day he'll fucking look back and, you know what? I handled all that poorly. I hope. Who knows? With Tommy... I completely understand where he was coming from and the losing of the money and all that stuff, but I wish he had been more forthright, and I wish we had been able to figure out a better way because it seemed like he quit on us and he quit on the show. I understand why, but it seemed that way. And Chunks just fucking, you know, the the kid got worn out, and did we abuse him? Yes, but eventually we stopped, you know, yeah. made him EP, and, you know, it went from there. So anyway, there's a little fucking venting that I didn't think we'd get into. <laughs> but whatever, you know, it's fucking been on our mind because we're doing the show and people remember old characters from the show and they wonder where they are. And to the best of our recollection, that's what happened. Yeah. And I don't know. And I'm sure different sides of the fence see it different ways. And, if and I, I would love to hear how everybody feels about it because I'd probably agree with a lot of things they say. I'm sure... Look, I know we were assholes. Mm-hmm. We were... I was going through a divorce. You... Uh, I was you, just miserable. You had... Yeah, exactly. It, we were spinning our wheels. We were getting no traction. It was an odd, odd thing in Orlando. And I hate that I'm a loyal guy. Mm-hmm. And I and once we have friends, we always want to bring them along. I mean, that was the whole thing. We wanted them to come down to Orlando with us. We specifically didn't want Tuttle because Tuttle would have taken away from Bateman and Chunks being, you know. Yeah, it was it was either Tuttle, uh, Tuttle plus one. No, just Tuttle. Yeah, because Tuttle, just Tuttle. Is salary. Yeah, just Tuttle or Bateman and Chunks hourly. And we said we want our guys because we're loyal guys. And when we went to D.C. and we were bringing Shafee... And we Shafee, really screwed over Tuttle with that one. Yeah, and he hates us. Does he still hate us? I'm sure he still hates us. I very He liked me. Uh, I thought he hated us all there at the no, end of the no, radio. No, he, li- he liked me. Well, whatever. I could give he- two shits, to be honest with mm. you. But, and so then when we say, hey, we want to bring Shafee... Because we've always wanted to work with Shafee. And the dynamic didn't work... It should have worked. It should have been enough when we came up to D.C. back in December and did that week of test shows. But that was really kind of feeling everything out. And what was interesting to us, really quickly, and then we'll get on to Chunks' blog here, but I feel like we're having a uh, a moment. When Dubs and I went to New York, and we did Next, and we did it from Manila, and we killed. We killed that week, mm. and it's been well and documented. We, when we went into, uh, and I'll get into this a little bit, when we went in there, it was really a thing of, hey, uh, Ron has said good things about you guys. Come on in. Give it a try. And when we left, it was like, 
wow, let's do this again. Let's let's see where this goes from here. I'm going to be talking to you guys a lot in the future. Yeah. So it it we really did. You know, it wasn't like we came in there with high high regard. We came in there with let's give them a shot, and we left with wow, this really really went well. I don't even know if we've talked about this. So I'll say this: when we did that week, mm-hmm. when we did the week in D.C. We were doing it as an audition for D.C. And New York. And New York. Mm -hmm. And Manelli listened to that week of D.C. shows. What he liked most about those D.C. shows was the topical, fast-paced, hideout headlines kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's what he liked most about the show. When Dubs and I saw that we were not going to get D.C. And that it was going to unzip. Mm-hmm. We freaked. We did. We were like, holy shit. We got to try something here. We need something new. We got to do something different so that we can have a shot at working again. Mm-hmm. You know, to be fucking perfectly honest with you. Some Sunday morning, I'm sitting in the shower and I'm thinking, what if we did like a countdown? I'm always thinking about how we could better the show. And what if we had done this and what if we had done that? So we're fucking sitting there on a Sunday morning on the couch and I'm like, dude, what do you think of this? Because we're looking at. New York was still auditioning shows. DC had decided on unzipped. New York still auditioning shows. And and I think Manelli's words were, "I liked it. It was you know all right." And we we were not going to be called out there for the hideout. We would not have gotten that call to go out there and test for the hideout. So so Dubs and I are like, you know, we we got to see if we can try again with Manelli because there's still testing we, uh, shows. Yeah, and we had some kind of rapport with the man. So. All of a sudden, this idea for a countdown, rapid fire. We've been watching a lot of PTI. We've been watching a lot of uh, Keith Oberman, Daily Show, Colbert. We sat there and literally brainstormed next and in we, about 90 minutes. We wrote down the clock. We, you know, we just kind of pieced this whole little show together. And I, and I emailed Manelli that Sunday morning, and he got back to me on Monday, and he was like, this is intriguing let me see about you guys doing a week. I'd really like to hear this show with well, you, too. He's like, I would like to see you guys try to pull this off. Yeah. He, 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 he liked the idea. He didn't know if we could pull it off, and we did. We went up there, and we did it, and we killed. And, like, and then we go from there, and you know, the rest of it you know, is, well, it's history. But that's how Next even came about. And I don't even know if we've even told no, that story never. on the air. So anyway... But after the whole reason of getting into New York is that when Dubs and I went up and we did next in New York City, we realized that when it comes down to it, all we really need is each other. Mm. Sounds a little gay. But yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it's always been us two. And uh, even back in Michigan, when we were working on other shows and everything, kind of circling around, it was always us two. But it, it, it gave us, when you go into New York and you do a show and you kill, a show you've never done before. Mm-hmm. Oh, we, how nervous were we? Yeah. And you, <laughs> Shaking you, the first show. You can show. go find those shows on hideoutheretics.net. And we go in there and we kill the way we did for an entire week. It gives you a confidence to realize, okay, do we eventually want to work with Shafee again? Could that be magical? Absolutely. If, if it's all in the right circumstances. Would we love to have Chunks, Tommy, and Matt? At some point at that time, we were like, yes, of course, because those are our guys, and if we could figure out the situation. But when it comes down to it, all we really need is us and our comedy and our humor, and we can fucking do whatever show we want to. Just like Ron and Fez, all they really need are each other with the fastest hour that destroyed in D.C. Uh, And, yeah, to their credit, they've gone through a lot of uh, producers – show has never been bad. It doesn't matter on the producer. It matters on them. So anyway, I didn't mean to take it to that whole end, and I hope you guys didn't find it boring. It feels like it was almost a a therapy session. (laughs) Because that's what it is. Now, what are Tommy Chunks' and Matt's responses to that? I have no idea. I'd like to know. I'd love to eventually talk to the guy. Shafee's still one of my best friends in the world. I talk to him, you know, two, three times a week. Lefty, SBK, by the way, 
called me this week. Really? I talked to SBK. He finally got a hold of me. We're on good terms again. Uh, Black Bean from the Monsters. I talked to him yesterday. Did you? About no. That. How he, is he doing? He's good. He's on prison break. He's got some acting stuff going on. He was on prison break. Uh, he's got some acting gigs. He's doing a. He's doing really well for himself. And I'm. I. I, I love Black Bean. He's a great guy. He's incredibly talented. And I'm. I'm glad the noise okay, mm. and I'm glad that we're back on speaking terms with Soul Brother Kevin. For those of you that don't know, Soul Brother Kevin uh, did the uh, did does a Saturday night show. It's on hiatus right now, but also did midday radio. Yeah, he, until the new year. Oh, okay. And um, he's an incredibly funny guy. I mean, he's one of the funniest guys we've ever met in radio. He's genuinely funny. Yeah, I mean, just naturally. So, so anyway, but you know, that's our side of the story. I'd love to hear another side. Like told to us on the PSP, if these guys want to come on, we can have them on the show. You know, I don't think it's something that should be done on the air at JFK because no, it's not. too inside. Yeah, but we could do it on the PSP, and that's actually why we're doing this PSP. Well, all that is set up to this, Dubs Chunks's blog, which I didn't know about until one of the Orlando Heretics during blog. during the show uh, sent me this from Chunks's. MySpace profile. Okay. It was Nightmare Dave who uh, who sent me this. It is dated Monday, October 22nd, 2007. So at the time of this next cast... That's, you mean PSP. Oh yeah, sorry, PSP. My apologies. It's only been a couple of weeks. Okay. The title of it is Farewell Orlando. I don't know if anyone checks this MySpace profile anymore, if anyone really cares. But for those of you that do, I've gone back home to Virginia. I am sorry that I didn't give much notice to anyone, but I don't think I would have been fun to be around anyway. I think it would have been a a lot more difficult for me to see everyone last time before I left. And for my own reasons... Would like to remember everyone as I saw them. I know that some of you might be pissed because I've seemed so distant lately, but it was not really in hate or spite toward anyone. I wasn't trying to avoid, not hang out with, or ignore anyone. I just had to take care of some things on my own. I guess that's just the way I am. I hope that everyone who is mad can understand, and for those that can't, I hope will someday. I know there are a few of you who are truly angry with me, and that's fine. To those few or many who are, take comfort in the fact that I am in a very strange place right now, and I'm quote-unquote getting what I deserve. Is it wrong that I'm either picturing him writing in a crayon or scraping into a cave wall this whole thing? Wow. Okay. He feels like he's getting what he deserves. For what? I don't know. Listen, I don't want to divulge what I know about his life. I don't know if he has some demons that I don't know about, but he always has been like, yeah, I'm not a good person, blah, 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 blah. Right. He's always been one of the nicest people I've ever known. Yeah. One of the most giving people I've ever known. One of the most loyal people that yeah. we've ever... That's why so we didn't hear from him. But I I, I, I know, like, he's had friends and everything, and then he, you know, after he moved away from D, uh, D.C., he really didn't contact his old friends a whole hell of a lot. So, I mean, I can see him living in the moment that he's living in and being loyal to the people that he needs to be at that moment. So I can understand that. I know there are a few of you who are truly angry with me, and that's fine. To th- those few or many who are, take comfort in the fact that I am in a very strange place right now and that I'm getting what I deserve. God, I would love to analyze this more, but I don't want to divulge any of his personal no, stuff. No, Well, if he wants to come on and talk about it or something, I would but love even, to talk to him. But, or even if he wants to come call me on my cell phone and talk to me about it, but, I would love to hear from him. All right, but without... Saying any of his personal stuff, okay? okay? Just you and I in code. Okay. Does that make any sense? Yes. Really? Do you, yes. do you know something I don't? Probably. Write it down. Here. Yeah, write it down for me. 
because I don't get it. Again, this is very cryptic, and this is the PSP, but this is why we're doing this on the podcast and not doing it on terrestrial radio back at WJFK. Which, by the way, I want to take this opportunity. Make sure if they do get the JFK shows podcasted from WJFK.com, I know people like to listen from various places, but please do us a favor and also subscribe to that to drive our numbers up to show that we have this amazing loyal following that we know we do online. Uh, Let me see this. I know that. Oh, okay. I knew that first part. Uh, wow. All this right. is wired. Oh, well, that would make sense according mm. to what he's written on his blog. Mm. Sorry, you guys will never know. Too bad these things aren't cameras. Which, by the way, we're also thinking about doing the pal talk thing, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. Hey, if we did the pal talk thing and we mic'd it, could people in the pal talk room Here's listen? commercials. And here's for this. Here's doing yeah. this. Could they really? Yeah. yeah. Well, then we should absolutely do it. Which, by the way, we would give credit because we know ONA started that whole thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We're hopping on that bandwagon that they've taken, that they started, that you know Ron and Fez t- have taken advantage of. So yeah, we're willing like- to give credit. You know, and the fact that a lot of the pests slash heretics slash Mexicans. They are. Uh, they already set up a room. Mm-hmm. Let's see if we can have that pal talk set up by for next week. week. Yeah. Okay. Why am I playing sexy music? I don't know. I was wondering that too. I was wondering if this uh, story was about to get uh, hot. All right, let's go back to uh, bottoms log. Bottoms log. On a lighter note, I appreciate everyone that tried calling me or writing me in the past year, and at some point I will go through the MySpace messages if I've gotten and respond to them. I don't know when, but I will. I've met a lot of cool people in Orlando. I just want to thank them all for showing me a good time and making me feel welcome. Everyone I met helped me to live out a dream, and that was really cool to me. So it sounds like he's done. Live out a dream. And I was def- <laughs> it was definitely misspelled an experience <laughs> that I will Leave always remember. <laughs> that I will always remember. What were you going to uh, he may be in the spot that I was probably. Do you remember? Okay, going back just a little bit. When we were going through that whole New York thing, we could get it. We aren't going to get it. We could get it. We aren't going to get it. It's not looking good, guys. Ron's telling me it's probably going to flip. You have a picture of me just basically in the corner pulling my fucking hair out. Yeah. Like, I was totally fucking losing it. Can I I, post that picture now? Go ahead. Because it's one of the saddest things. It was so sad and so scary. My first thought is take a photo of this to document (laughs) this. Because you look like a fucking lunatic in the corner of a psych ward ready to pull your hair out because you don't know if we'll ever work again. Well, like, I was just tired of, like... There was such a roller coaster of emotions for like four weeks straight there, you know, of just being fucking negotiating money that was mm-hmm. really good. And then finding out that that all was kind of slipping away. And I'll say this too. And there's nothing we could do about it. It was out of our hands. Yeah, no more. We'd already killed twice. And uh, knowing that we did everything we could. One of the and things, it didn't matter. One of the things that fucked us up too is when we had the job, when we auditioned at Project 961 in Atlanta, and we can admit this now freely. We went up there and did well. Mm. And again, you listen to any of the shows, and we're happy for Giant Brian, but he even admitted that we killed of the sh- out of the shows that went up there, us, Giant Brian, and Damage and Gravy. <laughs> There's a couple others, too. I can't remember the names. Were there? Yeah. I listened to one other, too, and uh, I think there was two others. That we, were we just, destroyed. Yeah, they, they were you know even worse than Damage and Gravy. But our heart was not in Atlanta. No, because we got a call that week saying, hey, can you guys do New York next week? Yeah. We're like, oh, wow, New York again. Yay. We're in Market 9 uh, auditioning for mornings. But Market 1's calling us back for nights. And we'd already... And we loved the New York uh, gig. And yeah. we were falling in love with Next, and so it was kind of one of those things of, you know... So our heart wasn't completely in that. No. Even though we still... We did well. I mean, and you know, we ended up using that that whole Project 961 thing as, all right, let's kind of use this to 
kind of uh, refine next. Yep. Like, get ready for next week's next shows. Absolutely. And the next casts. Mm-hmm. <sighs> All right, let's go back to the uh, bottom log. log. Um, <laughs> Just play the porn music. Everyone I met helped me to live out a dream, and that was really cool to me. It was definitely an experience still misspelled that I'll always <laughs> remember. I look on this MySpace thing and all the profiles, and I can think of one or two specific stories with each profile on my friends list. And it really helps me picture together my stay in Orlando. I honestly look at all the stories and life, and life stories that everyone shared with me, and I feel thrilled that you guys let me into your world, and I only wish the best for this all of you. suicide note? <laughs> for all of you who have been so nice to me. In the meantime, I'm going to finally enjoy seeing a fall season for the first time in two years. I completely agree there. God, I miss the fall. I miss seasons. Today, uh... Actually, the last couple of days have been really nice out here in Florida. It's kind of felt like a fallish type thing, but that'll go away quick because enough. Because it's been in the 70s and 60s. <laughs> yeah. Try to enjoy the finer things in life and hope that the Giants can squeak out a few more wins. And that's it. Is there any more before that? Any, any more that might shed a little more light onto this? I don't know. I'm going to go to the... Yeah, f- go and look real quick. I need to see... I'm intrigued now. Dude. You know, that guy is an emotional guy. Yeah. I feel He's, bad. Like, I want to help him. It's our friend. I didn't know he was in such a place. How could we? Wow. All right. His profile says... Um, his name Venezia is... Code? <laughs> the Venezia Code. Chonks is on vacation. He is in Finally I Get to See a Fall, Virginia. About me, who cares? <laughs> who I'd like to meet, who cares? Wow. Alright, well, still in his top friends. I care, Chunksy Wunksy. God, I feel bad for the kid, man. God damn it, I accidentally clicked on one of those fucking Macy's cards. Dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> it was an accident. I was trying to scroll up. What are the story with that fucking stuff, man? I don't know. MySpace going to get their shit together on that? How's that happen? When it's just all Macy's. Why would Macy's allow that? I don't know. Like who? I fucking hate Macy's now. I want to poop in its shoeboxes. All right, this is what we're going to do. Anybody right, listening to this another- podcast, I want you to go to Macy's and poop in a shoebox. Leave a nice loaf in the loafer. Okay, here is one. From Sunday, September 23rd, 2007. Okay. It's titled, Two Years, Six Months, and Thirteen Days. It's from The Art of War. The book. Mm-hmm. Amid the turmoil and tumult of battle, there may be seeming disorder and yet no real disorder at all. Amid confusion and chaos, your array may be without head or tail yet will be proof against defeat what the fuck does that mean no idea he loves quoting the art of war though he loves it because he quoted when we moved from dc to orlando what did he quote in war as in life all warfare is based on deception this is when he was really pissed at wjfk and certain people there Oh, man. I don't know what's up with the fucking kid, man. I feel off. Oh, man. And now it's fucking making me log in. And I'm sure this is Macy's trying to get my information. No, <laughs> thank you. Dude! Chunksy Wonksy. If you're listening, give me a call, buddy. Yeah, man. I was depressed. You, I'm feeling you, better now. You were all. We were in bad places. Mm-hmm. And I'll say this. This past year has been crazy. It's been great for me because I feel like I've grown up as a man. I feel like I've grown up a little bit, too. I've, I'm not the same person I was a year ago. I, if you look back a year ago, uh, right before we got booted from TKS, we were two different people. Definitely. Definitely. I uh, Who's calling you? One of my bosses at my other work. No, no thank you. Um, Hold on. 
Hello? Hey. Deb is on the I, phone right now. I do not have your safe key. What one? Yes, and I gave it to Brenna. Deb is handling personal business to, during the show. I gave it to Brenna. I stopped by the next night when she was closing. Well, let me call Brenna. Well, I'll call Brenna and try to get it from her. Okay. Uh. Well, I'm on the air right now, so I'll give you a call back in a little bit. Hang up on me. You want to keep all that in? I don't care. All right. All right, Dubs. I guess that's the time to fucking end this thing. I got to get up in the morning anyway. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I feel bad for Chunks, man. I don't know. What do we do for the... I want to help. Oh, yeah, I was supposed to call my mom. It's I got an email or a text message from... Because uh, we're going to do that bad. Yeah. Got a text message from my cousin. Thank you for forgetting us. <laughs> I didn't have time for you. Got, got pushed back. Absolutely. All right. Well, I know it's kind of a sputtering into the PSP. Whatever. But after I think it was interesting. I think it was way interesting. And after the Chunks thing, I do feel bad for the game. That's the problem. I want to help him. But you know what he is? Here's the last thing about Chunks. He will never ask for help. No. He no. will go to an awful, bad, dirty place and stay there for a very, very long time. Yeah, he, yeah he's just that kind of guy. He won't ask for help. And it's tough for him to accept help, too. So he feels I don't know what he thinks he did in life where he feels like he deserves everything that's bad to him. <sighs> All right. Well, he does. <laughs> Obviously, does. what he does deserve is a nice spell check. <laughs> we ain't <laughs> Chunks, if you listen to this, if someone gets this to you at some point, dude, we love you. Call us. It doesn't even have to go on air. We're just worried about you. Like your own safety. So come on, my man. Let us know what we can do. If you could do it on the air, we'd like that too. That would be great. The listeners want to hear you, especially if you're sad. <laughs> but, you know, fuck that. Call into the Fat Man Diary. Dude, if you could, it would be awesome to do one last Fat Man Diary. End it with a bullet. Stop. <laughs> you, of all people, know how awful oh, it yeah, yeah. can be. All right, Dubs, we're going to break on out of here. Hey, thanks to uh, Revzer. Dot com and the boys at ronfez.net for making this happen for us and setting up this whole feed. We're going to get out the word about it. And, uh, again, make sure you subscribe to everything and uh, drive up the, the online numbers for the show because eventually... Make a push, everybody. Get your friends involved. Everybody push and get us uh, uh, out there. Yeah. Get if, us out there because we need these stats for full time. Yeah, whether it's at JFK or it's somewhere else. So, anyway, uh, thanks to everybody. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next Saturday night and then obviously the next PSP. If we're on next Saturday, there yeah. might be a chance that we're not. And if we are, maybe we'll uh, take the weekend off because I'm starting my new full-time job this week. So otherwise, uh, we're out, bitch. 5,000. 5,000. Kisses.